Geeks! Geeks! Hello and welcome back to Geeks, the world's number one entertainment podcast recorded live in these rooms. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me for a little sexy fireside chat, Alexander Chad. Well, hi there, Al. You have been <laughs> finally resorting to your real accent. It's only been, wait for it, 100 episodes, Alex. This is episode 100. That is correct, and I thought that... On the eve of Red Dead being released, I could finally talk in my real voice. <laughs> Just let it all loose. Oh, it's loose. Oh, I'm very, very happy, my friend, that you are here for episode 100, because it seems right. We wow, that is, that is incredible. The yeah. century. I mean, we, sh- we should be on episode 300 or something, but we've, sure, we've been sure, sure. But this week, you're getting free episodes. So 99 came out, I think, yesterday, hopefully, if this has all gone according to plan, where we covered all the Fantastic Fest with a couple of friends talking through pretty much every film there. So if you want to hear about Halloween, if you want to hear about Bad Times at El Royale, Under the Silver Lake, Mid-90s, that Jonah Hill film, all that, Ooh. go listen to episode 99. You can hear our spoiler-free reviews of over everything. For a, um, for a 100th episode, this is probably going to be very understated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little we're really like you know we pulled out all stops we're having a big party yeah lots of special surprises zero guests <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> we got rid of all the fat yeah just you and me exactly and then in a few days well actually i think in a, maybe a week's time you're going to get episode 101 that's going to be also centered a bit around fantastic fest but we're getting in some of the some cast and crew people involved with some of the film sets talk about their experiences with the festival so look out for that and then i'm not sure we'll do some more regular episodes uh next month for sure so lucky lucky you and also obviously fridays the horror show is going up we're in halloween right now i think halloween h2o is about to go up this week halloween at seven jamie lee curtis's original return to the series before halloween 2018 so take a listen to that me justin katie and ali are doing that series and please do head over to weirdgeeks.com where you can subscribe patch out to our social medias and rate us on the itunes and all of that stuff right we're gonna talk about games alex oh yes we are just a few small releases man this is like i was just i was trying to like you know i was playing a whole bunch i haven't been able to play many games for a while i was playing a whole bunch yesterday and a whole bunch today and just jumping between some of these big titles has Mm -hmm. been mind-blowing so just for our audience i think it was probably i would say three weeks ago now maybe a little little more or a little less i can't remember exactly i messaged you and i was like hey al i'm gonna revisit some old games because i can't i don't have anything to play between now and red dead 2 coming out (laughs) uh but i was like i might revisit the witcher 3 or fallout 4 because or metal gear 5 because they all came out that year and they were just so big it was hard to really divulge in in one of them long enough and you were like yeah but (laughs) (laughs) and as we'll get into in this podcast there are a big list of games (laughs) big big games and there's still more coming so i mean it's good we're doing this one now because we're gonna and to be clear like we both haven't played all of these but you've actually completed one of them we're going to talk about i've Mm -hmm. put a few hours uh, or or something into all of these and then there's some which i can ask you more about you can ask me more about for sure back and forth a bit but yeah, is there anything you want to say before we get into stuff? You just want to talk about games. Do you want to update people on your life? You good? What's going on? No, I don't have any uh, updates at the moment. Life is good. Still in LA. <laughs> That's all I've got. <laughs> so, and you're wearing an awesome cap that proves that. So. I got a, a trucker hat today. 
that says take a hike on it and it has a little uh uh thing of a mountain and you um, really mean it i, I really like how illustration it. is a thing yeah <laughs> a little <laughs> yeah. thing yeah yeah okay so what's happening games that came out i guess let's do this in sort of in chronological order shall we sure Makes let's do it easier yeah because i know it's old news now but spider-man came out only like two weeks ago um and that's already old news everyone's moved on yeah it's crazy like how much this sort of filled the social media feed but yeah, yeah. it like it was quickly passed over like yeah in a week basically good Great reviews. This is from Insomniac Games. Who the people who did uh, what they do? Oh, they did fucking Sunset Overdrive on the mm-hmm. Xbox One, which is a great game. And they also did the Infamous Games. That's them, isn't it? Maybe I'm drunk. Yeah. No, I think that's right. Yeah. PlayStation 4 exclusive. I've played a whole lot of this, and I didn't expect to. I've played maybe I don't know, at least half the game. You haven't played any of this one, have you? Yeah, so for me, the first few trailers that came out, not at this year's E3, I think last year, I was really, really pumped about it. But then when I saw the final trailer at this year's E3, I kind of lost a bit of the excitement. For me, it just looked a bit... I mean, it looked visually stunning, but the gameplay and all that sort of looked uh, looked same, samey to me. Samey and gamey. Yeah, well, I was kind of... I've been the naysayer on this. I was the person like, and everyone was getting so hyped for it. And I did a few tweets just going, I don't think this is going to be that, um, that great, to be honest. I think it's going to be, you know, a really solid title, but nothing special. And it's kind of weird because I kind of still feel that, but I couldn't stop playing it for a portion of time. Um, and I'll be interested if Red Dead wasn't coming out. That's the problem. Like if Red Dead wasn't coming out, I'd be interested if I'd go back to Spidey more than any of these other games we're about to talk about. Because yeah, it is really pretty. It is very, very pretty. It's not like Red Dead pretty or, you know, it doesn't, there's a certain level. It's not even Uncharted pretty, but it's an open world. So, you know, it is, it has its limitations, but it's really gorgeous. The design, it's got a lot of character to it. The swinging feels, yeah, fantastic. It really does. But it is very video gamey and I hate things feeling old school. I like, it feels like something you would play on your PS2. They've been a running joke of, you know, for decades now, for decades however long it's been uh people are saying they just want another spider-man 2 video game and this is it they're like congratulations you got what you asked for yeah and i kind of agree with that like it is just doing all that typical stuff collecting 50 backpacks that he strewed around the city and forgot about apparently which is ridiculous you know it's the bosses aren't great the combat does feel great it's very batman that, that's what i was about to say is it is it very similar to the arkham games because for me i think that was the in that last trailer i was like well that kind of looks like or I, f- just from watching it felt a bit sort of like the arkham series which again for me i really enjoyed i thought it looked beautiful but then it just became very repetitious in its missions and how you kind of progress through the game yeah i mean it's a lot more enjoyable to play just because obviously spidey's the more sunny character so the yeah. world's more you know positive yeah the fighting feels really good but i get really bored of fighting and i don't know if, if i've always been that way or if it's just my age now but the less fighting the better for me in a game mm-hmm. so yeah it, it feels brilliant like the design of it is so smooth and fluid and how that you can chain things together the animation is perfect seamless but i do get bored of it yeah it's one of those games where i look at each part of it and i don't think there's anything you know incredible going on there 
but for some reason it's just it is one of those ones you just wake up and go i could just play a little bit more of that game and i don't do that much anymore like i don't play games to waste time anymore so like if a play if mm-hmm. a game wants my time it's got to really earn it and it's got to suck me in with something really special i don't do just kind of like phoning it in games anymore but uh, for me it's the kind of perfect game where i could play it turn the sound down a bit and listen to a podcast at the same time just to relax you know it's like that nice balance of you're doing stuff but also you don't have to think too hard yeah which is kind of where i get to with far cry it's one of the reasons i love far cry you know it's like i can explore that world do stuff but i also don't have to like pay 100 percent attention like i would the witcher or something mm-hmm. you know yeah but i do recommend it it's one of those games i think everyone should play like the first hour and or, or an hour doesn't even need to be the first hour though actually the one thing that really got me hooked with the suits there are so many fucking amazing suits uh, uh, and are those something that you you just earn throughout the game yeah you gotta i mean the problem is the ones i want because when i first started playing i said i thought well i don't love this but i really want those two suits and it's like mm-hmm. i don't know why like i'll get those suits and then never play it again so it's like, <laughs> what's the point but i really wanted the spidey 2099 suit the original yeah, one cool. and i really wanted there's a cartoon version of his suit where it looks like you are as uh, sorry it looks like you're like an old newspaper print cartoon kind of uh, thing. yeah it's i really think i've cool. seen i've seen images of that yeah the thing i've noticed a lot especially on twitter is is people really taking advantage of the photo selfie mode in that game and yeah. just taking really cool shots around the city which which i which i really enjoyed kind of just sort of browsing through you know, to sort of get an insight, I guess, into people's experiences with the games and yeah, and the suits that they've chosen to wear. And it, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm I'm against that whole thing of like paying for content, but I kind of just wish I could just pay an extra 10 bucks and have all the suits and not have to put 40 hours into this game to get, yeah. them, you know, because I'd like to play the game with that suit for the whole game because they have different abilities attached to them, which is cool. Right. But then you can split the abilities from the suit so you can wear your favorite suit, but have a different suit's abilities, which is kind of nice. But there's weird stuff in it. It's like you'll be walking down the street and, you know, someone will just go, hey, it's Spider-Man and come and high five you and it's really cool. But then at other points, you'll just like jump onto a rooftop disco party and no one will bat an eyelid, <laughs> you know, and you're just suddenly <laughs> in the middle of it, like webbing people and no one gives a shit. It's, I don't know. It's like, and it's not really, it's an open world, but there's nothing to do other than, you know, your basic sort of assassin, original Assassin's Creed thing of like, do these missions find these pigeons yeah find these knapsacks you know like there's not much to explore and the open world itself is restricted just to manhattan right it is at the moment like i have a feeling if they do dlc because they're all you know all the bridges leading off they'll do brooklyn or something i don't know yeah but um yeah i mean it feels big it's not as big as another game we're going to talk about in a bit (laughs) but no it feels it feels a good side and there's a good verticality to it Mm mm-hmm and I really appreciate the webbing works how it should work. So when you're at Central Park, you've got to like, you either can't web like in Homecoming, you know, when he's like running and realizes he can't web anymore. Yeah. Um, or you can web, but just to the trees. So you got to do it really low, which is cool. Or if uh, there are any fans of the fan film that Al and I made, Spider-Man Eclipse, the question that was often raised was, where is he shooting his webbing to in the final <laughs> shot? <laughs> to be fair you never see him land in the final shot so maybe you died (laughs) maybe it all went terribly wrong we used to joke there's a blimp just out of shot (laughs) yeah yeah don't ask questions that you don't know the answers to yeah because we know we know know. yeah we're professionals of course we know and we we recently had the real andrew garfield like our fan page of (laughs) spider-man eclipse on facebook (laughs) yep confirmed 
uh, and confirmed, confirmed it was. because he included his middle name. Exactly. So it must be him. <laughs> if you're listening. Thanks, Andrew. We appreciate it. Andrew you were really Russell good. Garfield, was it? Andrew Russell Garfield. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. I think that's correct. He's really yeah. good in Under the Silver Lake, by the way. Very cool. yeah. I love that boy. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let him know on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'll tell you what, very quickly. I, th- I think the DLC is pretty obviously going to be Venom. I think they're going to um, do something to do with Venom that they were hoping maybe to do at the same time as the film, but they're going to be a bit behind it because he's very... The Venom symbiote suit, symbiote suit is um, very strangely absent from all of the suits in the game. Right. And there is no black suit, so yeah. But there is... Uh, this game is in no way connected to the MCU canon at all, no. is it? No. And they've also stated that because there's going to be a few Marvel games now, they're seeing this, they called this the Iron Man of Marvel games. And some people right. misconstrued that, I think, as, oh, it's going to start an MCU video game thing. And they've come out and said that that's not what it is. They're just saying, like, in terms of, it sets a bar of success and tone, I think, right. um, that they want to do with their future Marvel games now. Which is exciting, because it would be nice to have more Marvel games that are good. Because this is, I mean, it, I, I don't think this is a classic, but I think it's a very good game. If you could choose a another marvel character for a, a potential mm. open world game who would you who would you go for sounds obvious but i'm a, like almost as big a spider-man fan i'm a daredevil fan oh yeah so daredevil would, would be great you That'd could do nice. some cool stuff <laughs> with like investigating things and but it might end up too much like a batman game i don't know i mean I, i'm a big gambit fan as well so it could mm-hmm. be fun. But i don't know what you do with gambit yeah other than ruin casinos who would you do um, I don't know. I don't know. I was going to say Wolverine, but that seems like an obvious choice. There was an okay Wolverine game that came out like eight years ago or something. Yeah. It wasn't great. It was R-rated though. It was quite violent, which was fun. What about a Silver Surfer game? There used to be a very, very old that would be cool. Silver Surfer game, wasn't there? I like- love Silver Surfer. Yeah. I love Silver Surfer. Yeah, me too. You know what would be cool is if you did like a Logan game, but like that Mad Max game that came out, you know? Just like yeah, that, would, that big, would be cool. That would be cool. And then you had like a black and white filter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What other things? Actually, okay. So we've got like a trifecta of big ones that we're going to talk about. But before we do, I just want to tidy up. I haven't played Life is Strange 2 yet. I have downloaded it. I'm going to try that one out for our next normal show. I did try Mega Man 11. I'm actually quite a big Mega Man fan. I'm just not very good at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hate 2.5D games um, where it's like, you know, that 2D but with yep. 3D models. I just don't aesthetically like it. So I don't like how this game looks. It feels pretty good. It doesn't feel as tight as like 9, 10. But it is, it is very Mega Man. Like the designs, are, uh, you know, the levels are pretty... Um, challenging and jumping back to life is strange did you play mm. uh the adventures of captain spirit no because i just had such a bad taste left in my mouth from that side what was that life is strange uh after the storm or something whatever it's called <laughs> yeah i never that played that i never played so that much. purely based on, on your, Man, it got on me your so review. angry it got me so angry <laughs> no did you play spirit i did yeah that was it was a it was a nice way to spend two hours, I guess. <laughs> okay. it, it was very, it was very pleasant. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like with those games, well, with the first one anyway, and with Captain Spirit, I, I had the same immediate feeling 
in that I could, the, the intention and the tone felt very deliberate for me, like from the mm-hmm. get-go, from like seeing it and hearing it. And, and this was the same. It was, you know, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, they're really playing this kind of indie sort of coming-of-age story. And then the moment the game starts, it's the whole thing, the whole like recurring song that plays through is this um, Sophia and Stevens song, Death, Death with Dignity, which is a beautiful nice. song, but it kind of really sets that tone of like indie story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit emo, a bit sort of... But at the same time, it was, it was beautifully handled and there were just some really poignant moments which resonated for me in a much deeper way than some of the moments in the first Life is Strange. So I would be interested in okay. seeing what what the uh, Life is Strange 2 is like because of that. Yeah, I like the setup of the story in Strange 2 and it's none of the same characters as far as I know, so which is interesting. Like just a, a, little, a, a little mini spoiler. So the, so with The Adventures of Captain Spirit, it's about a you're playing a, a 10 or 11-year-old kid or maybe a bit younger who lives with his dad... And you sort of, throughout the story, you unravel the the reasons why his mom is no longer around and, well, well, in fact, why she's passed, which is really cool how it kind of reveals that story to you. But there was this one really cool bit where he, you go sort of rummaging through his dad's room as any little kid does and you find one of his mom's old records and he puts it on. And then the whole sequence of that is just him sitting on the bed and listening to the song as it kind of like pans through shots of like just him on the bed and like out to his dad in the living room. And that I appreciated just from like, just for the developers to be like, okay, we're just going to give you a moment and we're going to kind of layer the emotion on it and just let you kind of sit in that. It was very cinematic and I, and I yeah, appreciated have, that. They, I think they quite often have these moments that are so fucking good and then I can't tell with the rest of the game yeah, I think we said this before, but I just want to meet the developers and see, like, are you are you a bunch of, like, hipster dicks or are you are you actually sincere in this? Because it's so <laughs> yeah, hard to tell because sometimes sure. it hits and it's perfect and sometimes yeah. you're just like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Agreed. But yeah. Okay, so we'll get the, we'll get the next one to go. And also, as it's not as a joke, but it is a joke. Um, I tried out. I try out weirdly almost every racing game that comes out. I don't know why. I'm not exactly a racing game fan. I don't put that many hours into them, but particularly like dirt rally ones. I don't like city ones, but I like like rally driving games and stuff like that. And there was this new racing game uh, that just came out called Dakar, and it looked like it could be you know quality. It's a full price game, so I said, "All right, I'll give this a go." Bought it. So. This is the biggest fucking piece of shit <laughs> I've played in a long time. It starts up, and I'm not kidding you, I had such a bad taste immediately because you have a mandatory, fucking mandatory uh, instructional video at the beginning, but it's not a video. So you're about to start a race, and then a picture of you about to start a race comes up in front of the video of you about to start a race. It freeze frames, and then a voice talks to you for five to ten solid minutes about all the intricacies of this game and you no matter what you do it's like this is mandatory you're not allowed to skip it so you just have to sit there there's not even different images that come up there's not nice little video clips to explain stuff there's not partitioning this really it just fucking just goes on and on and on and then it goes into the game afterwards and i was already pissed off by that point i was like fuck this and it takes so you know like just when you start a race in a game normally it's like three two one 
Go. Yeah. Well, this race, <laughs> you start a race, it goes 10, 9, 8. <laughs> and you're like, are you kidding me? And you go into the race and it just controls like shit. It looks terrible. It controls like shit. And I immediately like spin out a little bit, just a little bit, and touch this sort of cone thing on the side of, of the map. And it's big. The whole screen like wipes out. I can't remember. It uses a word as in, you know, you, you fucked up. And then it kills you. It doesn't reset you. No rewind feature. No immediate restart. It kills you. And then it presses, do you want to restart? So I press yes to restart. And then it loads for like a minute <laughs> before going back to the 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Oh, man, it was a terrible game. It sounds terrible, like a nightmare. Do not buy the car. I'm really sorry if you made this game. They really tried hard. There's some good like images with it, but no, it's terrible. All right, so let's talk about the three games everyone's here to talk about. Let's do uh, it. We're going to talk about the old Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Yes. We're going to be talking about the old Forza Horizon 4 and the old Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the sequel to Iliad. So, <laughs> which they never released Iliad. I presume that would be a prequel they do later. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Shadow of Tomb Raider then, because I guess that was the next one out, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, so before when we were talking about Spidey having a kind of week-long shelf life on the social medias. This was the game that very much I noticed as I would check Twitter each day started really drowning out the Spidey noise. And and it was funny, like the tweets that I would see, a lot of people would be like, yeah, Spidey's great, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to start trying Tomb Raider. And then like over the coming days, their their tweets would just be exclusively about Tomb Raider and there'd be lots of images posted uh, regarding the game. Because it is well, think, a visually stunning, stunning game. I think it was a big surprise for people because, yeah, so this is the third part in the... It's Crystal Dynamics, isn't it, still? Mm-hmm. But it's a different team in Crystal Dynamics because they're off making... Is it Star Wars or a Marvel game? I can't remember. I think it's a Star Wars game they're making now. So this is actually a different team finishing their trilogy. And to be fair, Crystal Dynamics made the previous, you know, like Tomb Raider games before they kind of rebooted it and were like, no, we're going to do it completely our own way now. So I think him is a big surprise because when it's the third one, by now it's like, well, we know what we're going to get. Yep. And when there's a new team, albeit part of the same you know, company, but a new team coming in to finish this trilogy, you're thinking, okay, so we know what we're going to get and it's not going to be as good as what it could be. Um, and I think it really surprised people because the initial reviews, I was kind of like going, yeah, I might have a look at it, but I'm not that excited. And then the reviews started coming in and saying, this is the best one of the trilogy. Well, you know, some of the reviews, not all. Yep. And I was like, oh man, okay, I need to check this out. So Katie, she's been playing it, but she's been traveling a lot. So she has, she's not here, um, obviously, so she can't talk about it. But she was kind of mixed. And then I was watching her play a little bit. And then I started playing about a couple of weeks ago. And then I picked it back up again yesterday and today. Um, and you have completed it. Yep. I have. I've completed yeah, the main campaign. I think I was even, even less inclined than you to really want to see this game. Because I was, I think maybe... A sort of fringe person in in saying that I didn't really enjoy the last one too much. I think you're the only person who didn't <laughs> think the second one was much better than the first one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I've mentioned this a few times on, on some of our podcasts. And I think I I came to that particular game a little late and right around Uncharted Four. So I was coming off something that like that I had on a very very high pedestal, and, and that's the issue. Like for me with these games obviously the uncharted series was hugely inspired and an extension of the original tomb raider 
franchise and games, but then completely took that to a next level. And then these Tomb Raider reboots are kind of using that new model that that was It's created. like Bond and James Bond, basically. <laughs> they just keep <laughs> yeah. passing back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I find that when I'm playing these games, I'm constantly comparing it to, um, to the Uncharted games. But this one has just really, 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 really surprised me in so many different ways. I remember initially at the one of my issues with the last game was that I felt the directing of um, some of the sequences were was very clunky. One of the beautiful things about Uncharted is the way that it jumps from cutscenes to you suddenly playing. It, it, it's all so seamless, and the action is just so quick, and uh, everything's happening so fast that that you know but, but you but you feel involved whereas i felt with the last tomb raider you'd start a sequence it'd get you to run and then it'd go to a cutscene, and like there was just all these kind of momentum breaks and at the start of this shadow of the tomb raider there was one moment where it like had me crawl up a cave for like two seconds and then it went to a cutscene. i was like oh fuck it's gonna be like this again uh but i was i was wrong it turned out to be a really really well balanced game for me the thing that i've really enjoyed is that and again like comparing to uncharted is sometimes you know i think i think in uncharted 4 they really started to get the balance right but in in most of those games you have sequences like in between the puzzles and the traversing where you just suddenly get into these like big ridiculous over the top gunfights that are just insane like there's just people coming out of everywhere in this game i feel all of that is just so well balanced that it feels way more grounded and a, a lot more real, despite the kind of nature of the story itself. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, completely. Because I, I do think, and we'll get to it a bit later when we get to it, but I know you had, you had like texted to me going, oh, wow, I, I much prefer this game to the previous one. Uh, not mentioning yet whether you prefer it to the, you know, the original one in, the, in this trilogy. And I was saying to Katie, like, we we're talking about it. She was still like, how the fuck can you prefer the first one to the second one? She just couldn't <laughs> understand. And I was saying, yeah, but the problem is I do feel proximity to Uncharted is so important with these games because mm -hmm. if you, yeah, I mean, if you just come from Uncharted 4 and then you go and play Rise of the Tomb Raider, there's such a, I mean, you know, it's a quality game, but Uncharted yeah. 4 is on a whole different stratosphere. Yeah, And I absolutely. feel it's so hard to then compare them. And I feel when Tomb Raider 1 first came out, I'm trying to remember now, but it definitely was nowhere near as close to an Uncharted game as as um as yeah when when Part Two came out. So I do feel like I because I watched Katie, she went back to them and sorry, didn't go back to them. She played them back to back straight away, uh, the first one and then Rise um, after each other, alongside Uncharted Four. Like she had a massive adventure in a few <laughs> months, and I watched them all the way through then. Because to be clear, I played the first Tomb Raider one. I've played. I mean, I've played a bit of every single Tomb Raider that's ever come out. I always mm -hmm. buy them. I always put a few hours in. Not many of them do I ever get to the end of. I did not get to the end of the reboot. I did not get to the end of Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, and it wasn't at all bad. I I really I was very excited about the Tomb Raider reboot. I loved the setup of it. Um. But it already felt a little bit dated for me. Like there's something about the character controls felt a little bit loose. She felt a bit too lanky. Would get to these little spots, which is still here in this game. They're just better disguised, I think. But you get to these spots of like, oh, here's a sort of tiny open world segment. And then you get funneled through story. And then here's a tiny open world segment yeah. funneled through. 
Um, and I didn't like that. I was at a point where I just wanted those open world, you know, games. And then with Rise, I mean, there's way, yeah, it's like we were saying with Uncharted, there was just too much unbalanced fighting and it drove me a little crazy, but I do think it was a better made game. Yeah. I do think the open world sections were more interesting and there was more to do, but it did feel very gamey still to me. This one, I'm only a few hours in, uh, so I've got to see where it goes. But from from what you're saying, if it like continues with how I feel about it now, and I, I kind of came to this realization today of like, oh, this is a game that I actually think I'm in love with. Like it's one of yeah. those very rare, like for me at the moment, this is my favorite Tomb Raider game I've ever played. And it's still not up to like, there's a particular bit right at the beginning where you're going through markets and it's very easy to compare it to Uncharted 4 when yeah. you're going through markets. And no, the fidelity isn't quite there still with graphics and scope. Voice acting's not as good. Mm-hmm. Script's not as interesting. But it's it's got its, it's getting a bit more of its own identity. I love what it's discussing with her. Like there's a bit right at the beginning as well where I don't want to spoil this for people, but where a very tragic event happens that is really shocking. Like I found it yeah, really like I know exactly painful. the part you're talking about. And then he, like, what her friend kind of shouts at her at one point, and I was like, this is really fucking good. Like, it's really, yeah. it's really just interesting what they're trying to deal with, and she just controls so much better, and yeah, it's very seamless between mood. Mm-hmm. And I've, co- I've so far got to so little of the stuff I don't like, which is that, you know, the whole thing you'd always get with the other Tomb Raider games, and Uncharted to a degree, where it's like, oh, we're going through places where no one has ever been, and you feel like you're adventuring, and then you're like, oh, but there's some fucking marines or whatever yeah whatever group is after you in that one they're always just ahead of you in all of these games it's fucking ridiculous you get to some huge tomb and they're just oh they're down there already and in this game i'm sure it happens later but so far there's way 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 less of that it's it's Mm -hmm. way more no you feel like you're genuinely adventuring and in uncharted territories and getting to explore places and it's just like it's telling a story that has danger action puzzle solving without it having to rely on his 20 grunts kill them yep it's, it's really cool yeah i agree and like you know it's very easy with the previous sort of tomb raider reboots and the uncharted games to as wonderfully made as they are and well directed it's very easy to 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 chart the beats of those games of like here's a sequence through like a dialogue kind of sequence where you're exploring a town. Here's the puzzle sequence. Here's the combat sequence. Here's the traversal, traversal sequence. And then we'll repeat that pattern. And you'll keep repeating that until we get to like your final boss. And of course, this has elements of that. But there is more of a looseness and an openness, especially as you progress through the game, which I really enjoyed. And yes, you do have these sort of contained open worlds. But... Within them, there's like little side missions, which is sort of what I would keep myself busy with until I did all of those and would continue with the campaign. And then also finding within these little contained open worlds, yeah, just all these like hidden little mysteries where you then find different tombs and different crypts and and it just feels like there is a lot to to discover in what is still a tightly packed game and narrative that you can get through relatively quickly, but but they still felt like there was a lot of value to to uh to sort of keep keep playing it after the main story was done which i've never like which you don't do with any of the uncharted games 
which I think is unique. And a thing that I really, really liked, and I couldn't remember if they had this in the previous ones, which I thought was a brilliant idea, was at the start, when you start a new game, you can choose your difficulty level, but then with, then, but with under that, under like easy, normal, hard, whatever, you can adjust the level of difficulties of the combat, of the puzzles, and of the traversing stuff which I thought was really cool that you could really customize your experience because I found with, with these games and, and particularly even like the last uncharted was that like, I love getting to the puzzle ones, but then sometimes the puzzles are just very, very easy and very directed, like direct you through just to kind of keep pushing the narrative. So I think that's such a great option that you can kind of, you can adjust the things that, that you to, to make your experience sort of, yeah more leaning towards what you want because yeah Mm -hmm. i remember like those original two it was one of the things i loved about the old original tomb raider games what some of the puzzles are really fucking hard for the time anyway yeah and there was very little combat and most of the combat was to do with animals Mm -hmm. in those early games and (laughs) (laughs) t-rexes which yet to make a comeback there was a point during this game i was like is there gonna be a dinosaur when are (laughs) we gonna gonna get a design dinosaur in one of these games (laughs) Yeah, and it always disappointed me the more we lent into people. So I'm really happy so far with what I've played. There's a lot more leaning into creatures and, and yeah, just exploring. And I really want to talk about female writing with it, but I think when we get to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it's going to be a bit more interesting because we can compare and contrast a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we'll come back to Tomb Raider again then, I think. But yeah, there are some there are some stunning action sequences in this game for sure. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I got through it pretty quickly, but... It was just so well balanced for me between like the combat and uh, the visuals, the puzzles, you know, the exploring. It it was, it's yeah, a great, a really great game that you can, I think, really invest. But, but at the same time, it doesn't take up a load of time, you know. So with, with no spoilers then, uh, is the ending satisfying for you? Like, does it feel like the end of a trilogy or does it feel like just another chapter? I think they very much tried to sort of, yeah, give it a, a trilogy type ending. Yeah, I, I mean, this is getting kind of tiring now. But, you know, there, there are in a similar vein to the Uncharted series where you have flashbacks to, to Nathan Drake's childhood. That's become a recurring theme in these Tomb Raider ones. I can't remember if it was in the first one. Certainly in the second one, she has flashbacks to her childhood and there's flashbacks in this one as well, which then kind of helped tie in the ending. And and I had a moment when it did end. I was like, okay, well, that is very much wrapping this up as a trilogy. But at the same time, at the same time, you could so easily just start a new game. Like you would, you would have to, ha- you wouldn't even have to have a really like big reason for Lara Croft to be like, okay, cool, I'm going to go out and adventure again. I really hope they can keep this quality coming with these because like, that was the problem was like Tomb Raider the, there was so many sequels it went to so many crazy places eventually before they just rebooted it and I think they're doing such a great job I just really mm-hmm. hope that they can continue that with the series and I'm fucking pumped to keep playing it because that was my worry was you were going to be like yeah it starts really strong but uh <laughs> goes downhill from there so I think this will be the first one that I complete in a long time long time there was actually something more about this game for me that like had the right amounts of nostalgia to the original original games 
that I felt I clicked and connected with. Maybe for younger gamers and newer gamers that didn't play any of those originals, maybe not so much. And there is a cool little tiny Easter egg right at the end, but I'll, we can talk about it when you finish it. But uh, yeah. but there was something very nostalgic in it that that made me enjoy it more. I don't know if it was even just like the animation of her movement felt a bit more, I don't know. There was something. Well, I really, I just noticed it today. Actually, like right at the beginning when you're playing it, she's in this costume, which again, I think they're doing a great job of keeping it very Lara Crofty, but without it being overtly sexualized and stuff. Um, but she's in it, and I realized, oh, she's got like these subtle brown pants on and or trousers, and this sort of teal blue, but it's more yeah. faded top. And I was like, that's exactly what she was wearing in the classic yeah. ones. And but it's this very subtle update of it that's really cool. Uh, which I then switched out once I realized my specialist had like different costumes you could do at the fireplace. <laughs> mm-hmm. I went straight for the survivalist one because that's the one that I like from, I think it's pretty much the same as the one from the first one where she's all like torn up. And So throughout the game, you can earn like these vestige, I think they're called like vestige outfits, which you then craft. And just one little spoiler, I forgot which what it's called, but it's this sort of like cape made out of bird feathers and just the just the way it's animated and the way it moves through the game, it looks it just looks stunning. Like when she leaps and how it sort of flip falls oh, out and then nice. folds back in. It's just like it's really, really cool. Really cool. Does she have a Nathan Drake costume she can wear? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, um, I was, her face I think looks I was, really was different I, in this. Was I talking about it with with you, or was I joking? Maybe I was joking with Carter about it. About a an Uncharted Tomb Raider crossover, or oh, or, totally like, should, or you just like have a moment. I think it was maybe no, it was with Carter because he sat and watched me play the opening in that bit in the in the town right at the beginning, and we were both joking that it'd be amazing if you saw Nathan Drake in the background. Yeah, 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 like, just doing his thing. Yeah, I mean, there's a way again, no spoilers for those games, but there's a way how in the Uncharted games how you could easily fold that into Tomb Raider. Um, yeah towards the end of four but anyway Mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure i should also point out that katie was playing this and she's not been crazy in love with it yet and she really loves the first two she wasn't like i was like watching her and going oh my god i love this i haven't heard any gunfire for (laughs) for ages yeah and the mood was so good and she'll the voice acting again not as good as uncharted but much stronger than normal and she wasn't entirely attaching with it, but I do think we were playing it in a slightly busy environment. I think mm-hmm. uh, when I started it myself, I did it, you know, just by myself in a quiet dark room and really emotionally came attached to everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her face looks really different. Katie really liked it. Uh, she likes that she looks kind of different. But for me, it was like, oh, I feel like this is a whole different model. I don't think this is the same same face they've been using previously. Yeah, there was some, the, for me, the Jonah character looked different. I don't really remember remember him yeah at first i was like is he the same character but yeah there were definitely some some differences for me it just it felt it didn't feel too jarring it felt pretty wasn't jarring but it was just something like i I, and it's to do with her hair as well which is very cool i love all the mud that gets caked on things it might maybe look more real because let's be honest like lara croft in the previous two games is is unreasonably beautiful (laughs) albeit in a grounded way but yeah, it does look a little different, which kind of took didn't take me out of it. But I was like, oh, this is kind of, yeah, I don't know. Felt like it felt like a different team 
doing mm-hmm. it for sure, but without the same assets, which I thought was weird because surely they would have just shared assets. But, yeah. Um, okay, well, we'll come back to it in a minute because when we get to Odyssey, like I say, I think there's more to say uh, in comparative with Tomb Raider because there's actually quite a lot of similarities considering how different those games are. Uh, for instance, you press the same button to pick up herbs and plants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um all right, Forza Horizon 4, I'm going to talk about that very quickly. I mean, this series so quickly became the, like, if you didn't want a serious, serious, serious car racing game, this was the car racing game to get just to have fun, but without it being too arcadey and with big open worlds. It did everything that, like, Burnout Paradise was trying to do. And they just seemed to be getting better with every fucking game. So, like, the first one was in Hawaii. I know the third one was Australia. Where was the second one? I don't remember. It was now. in France. Um, and the only reason why oh, I yeah. know that is because I'd never played any of the Forza series. For me, I thought it was... I, I didn't really know what type of racing game it was. I thought it was on the same kind of areas like Gran Turismo. Like, this is for real like racing enthusiasts that like real cars, blah, blah, blah. But it's going to be set in in not on racetracks but you know open world setting and i think it was last month or two months ago forza 2 was out on the xbox gold membership deal so i downloaded it and was so surprised as to <laughs> what, what type of yeah what it is and i and like i played a few hours and yeah had a lot of a lot of fun i haven't played this new one yet but very very surprised yeah i mean so to be clear like they do still have the forza motorsport games which are what you're talking about they're just like tarmac it's very serious gearhead games yeah but yeah the horizon are, are they're more sort of fun accessible titles i've always loved them but at some point i do get frustrated because you're driving around it's like oh i just want to press the gta button and get out of my car and walk through this field and yeah. you know <laughs> do something but this one's set in england which normally puts me off stuff because i'm pretty racist about my own country i don't really when i play a game i want to escape i don't want to be where i am i, I know so many people in london like oh my god i wish the next grand Theft thought it was in london or whatever and it's like, yeah. i don't because i spent so much time there i like seeing different places did you that ever said, play did you ever play the getaway yeah i did play the getaway i didn't like that because and also the accents pissed me off <laughs> but that said this is the most picturesque beautiful it's really weird because it's both incredibly accurate to how england and scotland are like incredibly accurate but also very romanticized like it's just so beautiful that i actually really like it and it kind of makes me homesick because in my head you're now like oh england looks lovely <laughs> yeah. um, i'm just gonna drive to my mom's <laughs> yeah it's it's sensational like it really is i mean i don't know how they get any better like it's it's i mean i guess maybe the cutscenes, maybe some of the character stuff that goes on is a bit stupid still but the game itself like the world is just phenomenal all of the cars handle perfectly and you have everything in here which i love you know so you can do your rally stuff they've got hovercrafts now in this one that's cool it's so cool it's just a gorgeous game and the online component of it this one has um an online component now so you can race against uh you can have a, like a world full of your friends or at least ghost the friends or at least they'll be represented by your friends but you can just turn it off if you still rather play solo um but i was listening to a review by someone who hates playing online stuff and they said they never had a reason to turn it off because it doesn't interrupt your game people don't fuck with you and it just makes it so much more immersive that's cool it's honestly like uh, i mean if you're into car games at all they 100 get it if you're not still consider it i mean try and get a friend and just try and f- have one friend 
<laughs> and um, <laughs> find a friend who's got it and just play the first 20 minutes. The first 20 minutes, they take you through. Oh, yeah, sorry. This is the, one of the biggest things. They now have seasons in it. And it's so fucking good because the seasons change like every few days or every week or whatever. And it changes them for everybody. Wait, changes every real world week? Or no, like no, no. Game yeah, yeah, week? real world week. Uh, like real every real world week or i've forgotten how long it is it'll swap over seasons and when you turn it on it'll tell you like the season that you're now entering <laughs> that's cool um, and it changes the whole game because yeah. the whole like obviously when you have snow everywhere it's completely different aesthetic and completely different controls the same with when it's like rainy and fall with like golden leaves and then spring like it's each one's beautiful that's and completely amazing. different and when you first turn the game on this is why i said uh, i sent you a message saying if you get a chance i know the download's big just play the first 20 minutes because the intro to the game and this is where Dakar needs to learn a lesson <laughs> the intro to the game is this voice just talking to you as you got you drive through each of the seasons and you'll do like a bit of one of the seasons and then you'll do like a jump and then the camera like you're saying how it's seamless you know now in Tomb Raider it doesn't have that jolty thing yeah. the camera will just seamlessly like move under your car and you'll see the sky and then suddenly like these birds will fly by and then you pan back down and it's spring and your car lands and then you keep controlling it and it's just right. like it's so good uh, fucking i love it man i love this game sadly i probably won't play loads of it because it's one of those games i just dabble in every now and then you know mm -hmm. play a little bit of racing i don't dedicate loads of time to racing games but this is yeah one of the best racing games ever made for sure that's awesome yeah i'll definitely check it out because because visiting that forza 2 for the first time was yeah was a really big surprise and i and i could i could definitely i think i would share that with you as well in that sense of it's very much a game that's fun to like drop in into from time to time especially when you've just got such beautiful design and and, and it's also very easy to pick up that's the thing that that impressed me i and i can't imagine what this one's like was that you still you know yeah if you're not like a big racing game enthusiast or you don't feel like you can get a handle on it very quickly great thing is is like you really get the feel of each of these cars and how different they handle but it's still really accessible and it's still yeah, very oh, easy yeah. for you to pick up and, and drive and play yeah it's which I really like. really well balanced like that i think and the only problem which isn't a problem is that it's not the most like england's not as diverse as australia was you know australia there was yeah. so much topography you could cover there that you could be in completely different worlds while playing that game whereas with england sure you have different stuff but it's it's not quite as extreme all right let's talk a little ancient greece shall we assassin's creed so oh boy i think before we talk about odyssey it's actually very important to talk about our br a brief back history of assassin's creed with each of us because i do feel more than maybe any other game series out there how much people enjoy each installment is informed by their previous experiences mm -hmm. with this series so why don't you tell us first yeah like how what you've played and what you liked so this being our 100th episode if people go back to episode one you'll get a recap in that i was at a stage in my life where i hadn't been gaming for a few years so i'd sort of fallen behind a generation or two or certainly not maybe not a generation or two but i i had missed a lot of big franchises so that by the time i got a 360 once i relocated to la i think it was uh, included with it was assassin's creed black flag and the french revolution one what was that called 
Um, Revolutions? Is that one Unity? Or is Unity? that one? Hang on. I'll bring them all up. Because there's like Syndicate, there's Unity, there's Syndicate, like, there's Yeah, Rogue. Syndicate was the English one. Unity, I think, maybe was the French one. And then Black Flag was the pirate one. So Black Flag, I think, is what I played first. I never actually finished that because as much as... I, I remember just getting stuck on a on a um, ship mission where I just kept getting blown up and I put it down. <laughs> uh, but I remember really enjoying it and just really getting into it. And then I finished, I got really got into Unity and, and just really enjoyed that game, really enjoyed how I could move through it, um, how you could, yeah, like level up and all the perks and stuff you could add and the different costumes and all the different things you could unlock. Really, really enjoyed that. Then played Syndicate and hated it. Like played maybe an played maybe an hour of that and just thought this is not it just wasn't interesting. It just felt I so by that stage I'd only played two Assassin's Creed games and I got to Syndicate and I was like I I'm, I get it. I'm over it. Like this isn't this isn't good. It's not that fun. The story wasn't great. They tried to do the split with the two characters and it just didn't work for me. And then Origins came along. Now, again, if you sort of flash back to a few of our older podcasts around the time this came out, I played the first hour and I didn't like it. And I was like, no, the the beginning, like the beginning cutscene, just I did, it was like I thought it was such a really poor setup. It made no sense. I I didn't really adapt to the the new kind of RPG style that they were trying to create. I thought it looked great. I thought it looked great. That was one thing I definitely liked but i was just like, i just couldn't get into the game it and doesn't I, start where it should like it really doesn't it should yeah. start with the murder yeah that is instigates the entire reason for the game like yeah it's- exactly it's weird and i ended up going out for dinner with uh our mutual friend and occasional podcast guest taylor morris and he was like get past the first hour and it's an awesome game so i think the next day I, I did that. I played for a bit longer and I fucking fell in love with that game. It got my 2017 Water of the Year award, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but but absolutely loved the scope and scale of it. Yet, and, and yes, it does move into an RPG, sort of more RPG style. At the same time, there's elements of it that are still very much Assassin's Creed and some of the missions have that sort of repetition about them um, as you kind of upgrade and, and go through the level of the forts and stuff. But but I, I loved it. I loved it so much. I loved the world. It was just huge. I remember finishing the story and there were chunks of the map that I hadn't even explored yet. And I was like, this is, this is what I want from a game. I want to, I want to enjoy a campaign and in, like really get fulfilled by the narrative itself but then still have a ton of stuff to do once I'm done. Because sometimes it's, I don't know about you, and maybe some of our listeners are saying, but sometimes it's hard to like when you are so invested in a big open world game like that and the story comes to an end, it's kind of hard sometimes to just put it down immediately. It's kind of like, I kind of want to ease my way out of it. So I want to just keep exploring things until I reach a kind of natural point of like, oh, I'm going to put it down or I'm going to move on to something else. Anyway, long, that was a long answer to you asking my assassin's creed experience <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're talking about man it's the, 
Yeah, all right. So I've, I've just looked it up on Wikipedia, so I could definitely know what games in what order. There are 11 mainstay games. There's a whole lot of other little ones that came out and like PSP ones and mm-hmm. uh, weird side-scrolling Prince of Persia style ones. Um, but the first one was 2007, Assassin's Creed, set in the Third Crusade. I played that one all the way through. Really enjoyed it. It was at a time where I was playing a lot of games. <laughs> um, and that was definitely one of them. And then the second one came out two years later. And that was, for a long time, one of my favorite games of all time. It built on everything that the first one did. It had more character with Ezio. And it introduced this whole thing to do with the Apple of Eden, um, which I really fucking loved. There was a special thing in the game where if you found all these secrets, you got this video at the end of the game. And it was at a time it was really exciting. It was like, what the what is Assassin's Creed all about? They had this whole big story they were trying to tell to do with the future and Desmond and all yeah. this stuff. And it was really exciting. And going back to like religious things and aliens and just crazy stuff. And I really loved it. And then in the next two years, they, they then were so successful, they broke up their development teams. So they had different ones doing stuff. So the real team went on to do Assassin's Creed 3, like three years later. But they filled in the gaps with an NCO trilogy, with Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which I know a lot of people like, and Assassin's Creed Revelations. And it's funny now, because I remember having conversations with my friend Dan Housen, who I have no idea if he listens to these or not. If you do, hey, buddy. And I remember it being like 2010, 2011, Brotherhood and Revelations are out, and I was already like, I'm done with Assassin's Creed. I went from being so in love with it with 1 and 2 <laughs> to being like, oh my God, they're bringing one out every year. This is getting boring now. Fuck this. Uh, just take a couple of years give us the next proper installment and dan was really enjoying brotherhood and revelations so i was done i was out but then assassin's creed 3 was coming out around which i can't believe it's 2012 because i remember listening to the pipe on ign for that and the podcast and stuff a long time ago and that was one which was like i was really excited about is the colonial era america it was huge ambitious it was the first one to introduce ships and stuff like that and a lot of people, there was a huge backlash. People were so excited, they then hated it. <laughs> and I actually really liked it. It was way too long. The intro goes on for hours before you even get going. But I actually really liked it quite a lot. And then Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag came out, which was much less ambitious, but more focused. And people just enjoyed it because it was more fun, you know? And these are all the colonial era. And then Assassin's Creed Rogue uh, came out, which actually came out, I believe, the same day as Assassin's Creed Unity, which is set in the French Revolution, as you said. But Rogue was just out on 360 initially and playstation 3 whereas unity was the new consoles one but then later on i think it was last year they brought out rogue on playstation 4 and xbox one so i think now you can get all of these games can you get a first yeah i think you can get every assassin's creed crazy on the new consoles (laughs) so rogue i just got to play a bit of last year it was it was fine uh unity almost started to bring me back like uh i mean there's a stupid entrance where you're it's that one, isn't it? Where you're climbing in the opera house at the beginning of the game? I think so. Is that Unity? I can't remember. It's really stupid. <laughs> but I kind of liked it. It was almost bringing me back. But the lead characters are never that engaging for me. And uh, th- my problem with them has always been games have moved on. Like, it really refined an era of games that mm-hmm. Ubisoft were doing. But it's like, I don't... It splits into that thing we've talked about a lot on the podcast where you have the open world games where it's like, okay, you find something, all these things will appear on your map going, okay, go to all these places and do those missions and go to all these places and do those missions. And then you have the games like Fallout and, you know, Elder Scrolls and The Witcher to a degree. and Breath Red- of the Wild uh, even? Yeah, Breath of the Wild for sure. Thank you. Where it's all about exploration, blind exploration, and you're rewarded everywhere you go because there's interesting, creative, unique things everywhere. And it doesn't feel gamey. 
So I just kind of felt Assassin's Creed was old, you know? It's yeah. like, it's just stuck in an era of games where it can be great, but it's not what I want to play anymore. Far Cry is the only one that I allow to get away with that nonsense. But I played a bit of Unity, I played a bit of Syndicate, and then when Origins eventually came out, I was, again, completely burnt out on Assassin's Creed games, uh, even though they'd had one year break. But yeah, it was a huge world, more RPG, and I really love ancient Egypt, um, so I was really interested in that. And I did what you did initially. I played that first hour and I was like, nope, it's not for <laughs> yeah. me. They don't tell yeah. you what to do. You're just lost in this world. And like, well, you're doing open world, but not in a good way. <laughs> you're not yeah. like not telling me what to do in a good way. You're kind of punishing me for not doing what you want me to do, but you're not telling me what you want me to do. And then I went back to it maybe five times because people like you and people like Katie really got into it and played through the whole thing. And I appreciate it's a great game. Like, I really do. I think Origins is a really great game. I admire it and respect it. There's obviously a hell of a lot of work. But there's still just something about it which doesn't... I just don't want to play it. Like, it's still like... I didn't feel like I was being rewarded exploring this beautiful, huge, huge world enough for me. And something about the controls as well. Like, I don't know. There's just something like... I don't know. It wasn't 100%. But I, I was really surprised that there was going to be one the next year because... I don't think people knew. It had taken a year off, and I don't think people knew whether to expect one this year or not. So when they suddenly announced it, and it's in ancient Greece, and I, I was brought up, my mom brought me up on ancient Greek stuff. I'm actually named because of her and my dad's love of ancient Greece. So I was really excited about this. Like I was like very hyped to um, get to investigate the myths, and I know there's cool stuff like Medusa in there and things like that, which I don't understand, because this is always a problem, I think, with Assassin's Creed. Let me just say that your 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 real name's Homer. They named you it, Homer. It is. <laughs> Man, you should hear some of the names I was nearly called. <laughs> Ariadne, Odysseus. Very Love seriously. It. Yeah, I think one of the problems with Assassin's Creed is like they want to be really serious, but they're also obviously in this sort of science fiction fantasy sort of take on stuff. And they did some weird surreal stuff in Origins but without it crossing into Stargate territory, you know? That part of it for me with the whole Abstergo or whatever and the jumping between the two worlds, it's just never, I, I just don't get it. <laughs> I've just never got it, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes That's what it, like, it used to it mean looks, something. That used to be exciting. It used to be a mystery and then they became embarrassed about it. And now it's like, well, why is it even still there? Yeah. Yeah, and especially in these games and the way they did it, in the la- in in origins where it became sort of like this third person almost like a Lara Croft style character that you were yeah completely sort of in this tomb and i was just like i, what, I, mean, I do really like in this one point? i do like in this one that it's sort of about this spear you know yeah just stupid but that you know but there's a through line which is kind of interesting like we, this is what we're looking back at and I think they're just future-proofing themselves because the film didn't do as well as they wanted to. And I actually think it's criminally underrated. I think the film's actually really good. But it, um, yeah, like it included all that future stuff. And yeah. I feel they just, if they get rid of it, then they could mess up their franchise. So they have to like keep it just in case. Yeah, yeah. But I do think it's a problem like with them is like, do they go full, like you're dealing with ancient Greece and I don't know enough about the game yet. Like I'm not that far in, I'm just a few hours. But with the previous ones, they've come up with excuses for when the weird stuff happens, really. Mm-hmm. But with ancient Greece, it's like, well, are you going to have Pegasus flying around and gods coming down and like, yeah, Medusa and Krakens and fucking, you know, crazy shit? 
because there's so much fun they could have with these different eras if they went all in but they want to kind of be historically accurate while also having fun and it's kind of i think they put themselves in a bad position sometimes yeah like in did you finish origins no 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 katie yeah, did. I didn't. yeah so in origins they you know there's this sort of supernatural elements of like ancient egypt traditions and myths were certainly alluded to a point and there are missions like bonus sort of missions or like you know when it's like those online sort of missions or it's like you have however it's like a community mission where it's like you have 24 hours to complete this mission to get like additional gear or prizes or something right and there was like ones in origins that were like the trial of anubis where then it became like these supernatural things or there'd be missions within the game that were either brought on through like hallucination that would then bring in those mythical creatures although there is one level where mummies rise from the dead but I, again i think it's all to do with like mirages and the desert and that's what i mean they come up with excuses for stuff because they clearly want to do that stuff so but they don't think it's appropriate so i don't know how far you've got into this one and i don't know whether i should say anything but within the first sort of set of missions or first couple of hours there's there's the mention of cyclops yeah yeah, yeah. have you done that have you should i say who i've been doing a lot is? of side stuff and exploring no i haven't i've been doing that and then i'm no let's I'm literally just going now to the final part of that, so I don't okay. think I've quite got that route. So yeah, I'll leave that because I'd be interested to see what you what you feel, and it's just like, and that's the kind of thing of like for me as well is like, how are they? What direction are they going to bring it in? Because there's also all these mentions of like, because so we're both playing as Cassandra because you can choose between Cassandra or the the guy, whatever his the name first is. Time. Yeah, and there's certainly a lot of mentions within those first couple of moments of yeah like is she a descendant of a god kind of thing yeah that that's a recurring theme that i've noticed coming back so it'll be interesting to see whether it does branch into kind of like ancient greek mythology and like how much if it does that if they're going to go all in and do that yeah it's weird because they're now doing like with origins they did that thing you know much later after the release where they did a history mode of it where you could walk around it in a mm -hmm. peaceful way not have to do any story missions or fighting and just have these guided tours and i actually spent more time in origins doing that than playing the game because uh, i thought it was fucking brilliant and you learned so much about it i thought it was, it was really good although they then changed bits of history to be pc for now which gets me very angry but we you know i think we've talked about that on we have talked about that yeah um, podcast so i think that's disgraceful and unforgivable hopefully they won't do that with this but that's what i think is like well have your history mode then because you created this beautiful world um and whether you yeah. hate or love origins and odyssey incredible worlds so have your history mode and then in your story just do what you want to do you mm -hmm. want to have fun have fun yeah so i'm hoping this one does get increasingly weird and fun yeah i mean i've been really we'll enjoying it so well i don't know i can't remember what they showed in the trailers I, i've generally for some of the bigger titles i've stopped kind of watching trailers now because i i want to be really surprised yeah. when i get into a game other so than I, red dead other than red dead i couldn't i can't help myself <laughs> which we'll get to but so in this game you can you can kind of choose some of your dialogue mm. and choose some of your actions now i don't know if this was mentioned prior to release but do, does that have consequences in the game it says it does but i don't know yeah i mean i'm too early love to into, pretend this stuff has consequence don't they? 
Yeah, and, and and for me now, it's kind of like I'm actually liking this style that it feels more immersive and and gives it even gives me. It doesn't necessarily give me more control within the narrative, but at least it it, it gives me an even greater sense of ownership and participation mm-hmm. in it. Um, and that there's just more depth and life in the world and the people around and how you interact with them. Um, yeah. and I'm, and I'm actually really enjoying that element and, and what it's making me think of and jumping to red dead and what they've talked about in the last two red dead trailers is that I think it's going to take those elements to like the next level. I like oh, how yeah, you interact with people, how you, the consequences of interacting with people and interacting with people outside of like just the main narrative, I think is going to be the, the interesting thing in that. But, but certainly within this game in, in Odyssey, I've, I have enjoyed that part of it. Even if sometimes, or even if at this very early stage, it's hard to tell whether it actually means anything or if it's just like, because there are, I'm trying to think of, um, there's other games like that where it's like, yeah, here, choose your dialogue and you do. And it's like, well, in the end, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like The Walking Dead is a big example where it does change scenes, mm-hmm. but then the end result, it always comes back to the same kind of end um, yeah. result. Mass Effect is one of the ones who really pushed that stuff, and that was so long ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll discuss, but let's, okay, so let's, because we haven't, just to be clear, we haven't talked to each other about this. I got the sense from the tiny, like, text you would send me with photos <laughs> and stuff that you're really enjoying it um i mean you, so the, you the, know how much i enjoy uh sunsets and and yeah. water in in games i i will, waters in games you know i very much just get so pumped when i can be exploring in a game and just stop and just appreciate the fucking work and the beauty that these yeah. developers have put into it and you can just and yeah, t- yeah today i very much send you photos knowing that that would probably be a bit of a giveaway <laughs> as to how and i was I feeling s- i sent you a photo of upper, of upper man's skirt <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> which i have to say one of my immediate things when i started playing this game was i was shocked by how many upskirts there are in this game like, yeah <laughs> immediately yeah. from the beginning upskirts of your lead character upskirts of children like everyone's just like sitting in weird positions where you can sit and they're like this is strange decision. i was uh when i started playing it yesterday bethany was on the couch doing some work behind me and i think i dove into a cave and i was like swimming underwater and it was just like <laughs> just <laughs> the the spreading. i was like whoa <laughs> I mean, to be fair, everyone's wearing, you know, like ancient Greek nappies. Yeah. Thing. But but still, when I first started playing, I was like, oh, this is weird. Maybe we don't have those people sitting down like that where their thighs <laughs> are showing. Layout. Yeah. But I guess when you're doing the mocap, you don't think about that. And then you render it and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, like, we can spoil right at the beginning of the game. So, because this game starts actually, you're playing 300, the film, comic book, and real life event. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which yep. was a surprise. I didn't expect that at all. I think we might have different opinions on this. I'm not sure. But when I started playing Odyssey, I was bummed out, man. <laughs> like I started playing that section of the game and I was immediately just turned off. Like he's screaming stuff. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. You guys just watched 300 and decided to make a video game of it now. Yeah. It froze you into battle without really telling you anything properly. And it mm-hmm. felt like a Dynasty Warriors game where it's just like, okay, here's hundreds of people keep yep. tapping these couple of buttons. And I was bored immediately because it's exactly what I don't like in these games. 
and then it would go to cutscenes that weren't good and it would go black for ages like like you yep. do an action at the beginning and then it's just black for ages and then it comes back in and I'm like this is the opening of your huge game this should be seamless and polished and beautiful mm-hmm. and i was bouncing back and forth between shadow of the tomb raider and this and i was like it was jarringly bad compared to how slick tomb raider was feeling yeah and then there's another scene that happens i don't want to do like proper spoilers but there's another scene that happens that was fine and then you get a little bit later to the bird flying out over the islands and i was like this is where you start your game yeah just start right here with that bird flying over the greek islands mm-hmm. like, i don't i didn't like any of the wind up of this one i, I like the wind up of this one less than i like the wind up of origins I, I think they don't know how to start their games they really do yeah i i I guess i liked it more than the start of origins yeah the spider bit i thought was was interesting fun enough i I thought uh, my feeling was it was like okay at least it's throwing me into something right away and not a bunch of jarring cutscenes like origins did Uh, and then but then yeah then it cuts to the next bit and you sort of but yeah, I, I agree with you. Once it's once it um has the eagle flying over the Greek islands, um, and you're with Cassandra, it, it just really clicks. It, for me, it worked right away. Like her character, the little sort of cutscene with her and the little girl. And uh, for me, I, I felt, and and I and I and I was I've been trying to think like, is it just because I enjoyed Origin so much and I know a bit more now what to expect? But I felt ready to go right away. Shall we talk about how concerning it is, um, the level of blue veins on everyone's arms? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Have I you didn't noticed even... that? No, I haven't. Check it out. Because Cassandra's like, it's kind of great. She's like kind of, she's quite built. Like she's quite muscular. Yeah. Um, as you would have had to have been to been a strong female in those times. Um, and I was worried with how they're going to write that stuff. Cause it's like, it's like when they were readjusting history and origins, it's like, well, women didn't get to go to the same schools as kids or schools at all in those times. So, you know. And with Odyssey, I was like, how are they going to show the females in this to allow you to play one as a hero? And I think so far they're doing a really good job of it um, with how people treat her and how she kind of fights back. Uh, but yeah, I'd noticed her muscles and I was looking at her arms and she has these huge blue veins. And then I noticed, oh, they're on everybody in the game. They have these like, it's incredible detail, but I think they've just dulled the opacity up a little too much. <laughs> so everyone looks not... like they've got a weird condition. No, sir. I've noticed like she's got like three scratches or scars on her yeah. arms. Which yeah, I think yeah, look yeah, really cool. So the question I, I asked you last time, and maybe you know now, is does the, the the narrative plays exactly the same whether you choose her or the the guy, right? I don't know because I mean I presume I'll Google this right now because she has a very particular story. Yeah, which I presume you I presume you could just replace it with a guy, but I feel it would feel very different if it was a guy than a girl, like. You keep talking about something about the game, and I'll just do a little Google. Are you looking as well? Yeah. Oh, okay. Here's what the difference is between... Oh, yeah, sorry, I stopped talking. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that was just deadly silence. I was like, you keep talking, and I'll look this up, but we're both looking it up. Okay, it says here, the choice between picking them is basically like choosing a skin. It boils down to picking right. whatever you think is cooler. Other than the cosmetic, there's no real difference between the two campaigns. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I do think... It would Emotionally, have been, I mean, things feel different. Yeah. And she just looks way more interesting of a character for me. He just looked a bit too, way too, I mean, she's a bit hipster, but he looks way too hipster. He's got this perfect stubbly beard. And mm. I, like, I don't know. 
So yeah, I, it was I a really no-brainer like for me. Uh, I really like her voice acting. I think it's um, yeah, she's good. It's funny because, and I think this is sort of very is a recurring thing throughout these games. And I think you were mentioning it just a minute ago about you know there's moments where it tries to be very serious and you have a lead character who's played in a very grounded and sincere way, but then you meet these characters are along the way that are sometimes very over the top or a little bit cartoonish or. The voice acting is a little bit too extreme. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That it kind of the, it kind of skews the balance of it. Yeah, even the first person you're talking to in this again, going back <laughs> yeah, and exactly. forth between Shadow of the Tomb Raider and this, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider is still again not as good as Uncharted and stuff. I thought she's really good in it. She's not like doesn't blow me. I have a very very high standard for voice acting in video games, which mm-hmm. I think no video games live up to really. Like maybe the Uncharted games. Uh, just because I don't see an excuse for it not being as good as the best films. Like, I don't see yeah. there being any reason for at least the voice acting for being that good and the script for being that good. Sure, animations can still have, you know, they've got to get there. The Last of Us. Yeah, uh, yeah, The Last of Us is like, yeah, probably the best. But there's, I mean, I've got to say, again, bouncing back and forth, like, I think her voice acting is good, but there's a whole bunch just of the mood of the game. Like there's like this sort of Grecian music that comes in. that's kind of jovial when she's talking to people and it seems kind of yeah. cartoony and weird. And I was like, it felt a bit not what I was looking for. I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say it. Like I'm not, I don't know if I like this game yet. Yeah. I love the world again. Like I think the world is, it has this taste of Greece that I get in my mouth when I'm playing it, which I love. You can feel like Lamb. the salty air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just rubbish bins in Athens. <laughs> no, but like it really evokes that sun-baked feel that you get yep. when you're in Greece. And I fucking love that. I think it's wonderful. As kind of these tourist platforms, I just love these games anyway. Mm-hmm. I like her character a lot. And I do Yeah, want to talk a bit about that female writing in a second. And it plays really good. I'm glad that they've slightly updated. I think because of Breath of the Wild, the big question is where do people go once you could traverse anything in Breath of the Wild? And yeah. this game tries to get there. Like they, she traverses rocks better than I think any game other than Breath of the Wild has done. It's funny you said that. That's what I was. I was kind of exploring the limits of that today because that exact thought came up where I was like, I'm going to just try and go up to anything and see if I can climb it. Yeah. And for the most part, they do really well. Yeah. And I think you have to now. Breath of the Wild, unfortunately, fucked it for every other open world game. Mm. But then I do stuff like I immediately go on a little boat and then I try and go after this great white shark that I can see swimming around. And I swim underwater to see him and this huge digital wall comes up going, you're not allowed to go here yet. And I'm like, fuck you. Right. (laughs) Things that I'm sure will open up very soon in the game for me. But it was a bit disappointing. Yeah, some of this character stuff wasn't great. I actually find the fighting kind of annoying. Like, I don't like where the buttons are. I don't like this whole shoulder bumper thing for fighting and stuff. Yeah. It feels weird to me. I mean, I keep forgetting what they are, but it's partly my fault for bouncing back and forth between the games. I mean, it's very smooth. It's very, I think there's also a perspective thing. Like, I think when I'm playing something like Tomb Raider, the camera's a little closer to the character. So mm-hmm. the character feels a bit meatier and heavier, and I feel more involved. In the Assassin's Creed games, the camera seems to be getting increasingly further away, I think and yeah it definitely feels like it in this one i felt that perhaps for that reason as well there's something about the movement in this that feels a little less natural sometimes yeah when she's running i've noticed yeah there's just something that doesn't feel as satisfying for me to actually play it 
Mm-hmm. It still feels quality, but it doesn't feel, you know, with with the your interaction with that character, it doesn't feel as quality as it does in Tomb Raider or or but yeah, even maybe a previous Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. But that said, then I like switch to the eagle to fly around and I'm loving it. You know, I'm loving just like the atmosphere. I love how quiet it is most of the time mm-hmm. and very peaceful. There's good interaction with people. And notice how you can like steal. There's like all those steal options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I took, I opened a loot box in in this little town and then I, I don't know where it came from, but someone, I could hear someone in the background go, thief, thief. And I just started <laughs> running. I thought that was really cool. I think more than ever, and I know, like, I don't, I really have no idea how I feel about it. Like, I'm going to keep persevering with it because I want to like this game so much. Like, I wanted to like Origin so much, so I just couldn't. Yeah. But there's just like a slight detachment. I do think her personality is helping me get more involved. But even, perhaps even more than ever, I kind of, again, would love to like just be able to play it with like katie or with you or something like just every now and then have one other person in that world yeah to like do tactics with and feel i don't know like there's just something again like i haven't explored enough of it but i'm still not feeling like there's a huge encouragement to explore obviously not like breath of the wild you know where i know wherever i look there's something special well so that's the thing that i guess we should bring up is that in this version at the beginning, you're in. You have two modes to choose from, which is like yeah, your more yeah, traditional yeah. guided mode, where you know you will get a mission. Uh, the location of that you have to go to will appear on the map. You can like mark it and basically make your way there, or if you've got fast travel, whatever. So there's that mode, and they've got now what they call exploration mode, which is explicitly labeled as the way that they would prefer people to play it. Which, again, I think is trying to shift to kind of this Breath of the Wild direction of guiding you less. So, for example, you will get a mission. The character will be like, the the location is in... So, when you're interacting in that dialogue that I was telling you before, part of that dialogue cannot, can often be like, where is so-and-so? And the other character will be like, they're in this part of the island. Yeah. And then it's like your job to go look at the map and kind of just venture out. Yeah. And it's difficult sometimes. And I'd forgotten yeah. I chose that. And part of me was like, oh, maybe I should have picked the other one. But no, I want that explorative thing. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. If you're going to encourage me, if you're going to make me explore more, you have to reward me more. Yeah. Um, and that is something that Breath of the Wild does endlessly. And all the Elder Scrolls games do endlessly. There's stuff again in that game like... I remember playing Oblivion for nearly 100 hours and then having two other friends who played it for 100 hours and we're all telling each other about incredible like things that like this is the best thing in the game and the other people had never found it. Yeah. Like you have to have that amount of rewards and I always feel with the Assassin's Creed games that they have incredible talent, incredible time and artistry put into these games but it's a little corporate. I always just feel yeah. like, and it's greedy to ask for it because there's so much. Like, and when I zoomed out, because you spent ages on that first little island, it feels huge. And then you zoom out and you're like, fuck me. <laughs> like, yeah, it's exactly. So big. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. And yet, I still feel like a good 30% of the game is missing. And that 30% of the game, for me, is what makes things like Breath of the Wild special. Because mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild doesn't have these ecosystems, it doesn't have that level of graphical fidelity, it doesn't yeah. have. You know, all these people walking around and doing things, but it's still a better game for me because I'm rewarded constantly. 
Yeah, for their and those, those moments you talk about, and I was thinking about that today, those moments of of surprise and when you can share stories with your friends that are playing the same game. I, I had it with, with you with Breath of the Wild, had it with uh, my housemate Carter. How magical that feels when you can share something you've found that the other person has not stumbled across. That is just such a truly magical way to experience a game. And as much as it's it's been interesting because as much as Assassin's Creed is perhaps trying to do that in this, I still feel like I'm undecided whether that's how I want to play it. Because I know you can also go into the map and you can you can select what icons you want to have come up. Right, like, okay. You know, like where there's like the question marks where it's like the mystery undiscovered locations. You can right, right. Like, toggle those on and off. You can toggle historical things or you can just have everything on. And so I'm like going back and forth between like, okay, do I just have everything blank? Mm-hmm. Or do you want the guided experience to like see the things? Or not even guided, but like semi-guided. So the way I guess I've been playing right. it is that I've still got an exploration mode. So when I get a mission, I just get the directive of where to go. So I'll look at the map. And I'll go, okay, I'm going to head in that direction. The the things that I have kept on on the map is the undiscovered locations. And so, like, okay. undiscovered locations and side missions. But, you know, it's also fun to stumble across side missions. That's, like, it's great in, like, yeah, the Elder Scroll games or Breath of the Wild is when you, you walk into a village and then you meet someone and they're like, hey, why don't you go and do this for me? And you're like, yeah. fuck yeah, that's awesome. How, so can you change from exploration mode to regular mode? midway through the game you can do it in settings so yeah in the, okay. you can go into the settings and you can change it to guided or exploration and at first i wasn't sure if i was doing it right because i selected exploration mode and i think in the first mission the guy was like okay you have to go here and even though it didn't explicitly show up on the map on screen it was like there was still like with my compass in the direction of like do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. still showing oh, up yeah, how many confused. meters away it was. And I was like, yeah. is this guided or ex- exploration? But it kind of is and it kind of isn't. It's, yeah, it's weird. It's very because, weird. Because like if, if they were just went, if it was purely just someone giving you a rough direction. Yeah. Then great. But then if you're doing that and then still putting a marker on screen, even if you're not putting it on the map, it's like, well. But then for other ones, they don't. Like, yeah, like and you then, say, exactly. when they and say, oh, ones, this person's don't. over there somewhere, you're like, okay, where's my fucking marker? And yeah. I got really confused because it was there before. Yeah, and, and when I started the game, it launches you straight into that stuff. And I did have a bit of a, oh, I'm straight into fetch quests. You know, I just felt immediately yeah. like, okay, I'm straight into atypical video gaming quests. And you're, I'm going to go back to you and you're going to go, well, this isn't everything. Now you've got to do this. And I'm going to go <laughs> yeah, off I yeah. go again. and. And I think they are rewarding you with exploration, but the way they're rewarding you is because the world's so big and beautiful. So the way it is, is like more like if you and I play this game and we come and talk, we'll be, oh my God, have you been to that island or have you seen that site? Yeah. But it's not going to be, did you meet that person or did you get that incredible, like weird, like, yeah, like the stick in Elder Scrolls that changes Mm -hmm. anything randomly into something else. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't think, and I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think we're going to have those stories when we talk to each other. It's more going to be, that place was beautiful yeah i i think so i think i think that's an example of me like sending you those those photos earlier today because it's like look at how fucking beautiful this looks but i'm not necessarily reflecting on an encounter that i've had because at the end of the day that all of those encounters still feel very much 
within the model of an Assassin's Creed game. And I'm just going to keep sending you upskirts. <laughs> I'm going to send you a photo for swimming. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just want to, but the thing is like, again, it's hard in it with these Ubisoft games because with Far Cry, it's a beautiful world, but the combat is so satisfying. It's like everything mm-hmm. you're doing just feels so good to me at yeah. least. With this, it's like it's in the arguably even more beautiful world, definitely a bigger world, I think, and a more interesting world that I'm excited to explore. But none of it feels as good as something like Far Cry. And part of that's maybe just because I do prefer first person to third person. Yeah. Like my predilection towards that. So I'm interested when I get to Red Dead because I know they've got first person baked in now from the beginning if you want it. Mm-hmm. And I've heard from people that it's much harder. Like if you want a harder experience, play it in first person because uh, you can't see like walls creeping up behind you and stuff like that like it's it's much scarier to play it like that but yeah i don't know basically i get i think i'm probably gonna end up still in the same camp of i respect it but despite all the effort you put in i need more yeah <laughs> you know, you're still missing something for me i think for me having enjoyed the last one so much it's been very easy coming into this one and and having that same excitement right from the get-go and having these sort of new additions and new elements and yeah that have got me really pumped and and, and invested in it very quickly and, and i like that yeah you start off on this smaller island which is still feels so big to explore which is very much in itself the tutorial island but it never feels like the game is teaching you to do anything well, unless you run up against the big walls that I did when I was trying to get off the island. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but yeah, it's not like... Actually, going back to Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I felt there were elements of that where it was kind of like tutorial mode for maybe a bit longer than it should have been. Sure, but I think... But this is the thing, I genuinely... And this kind of wraps into that then, like, because the writing in it is just so much better. Like, Shadow yeah. of the Tomb Raider is so fucking smart in how it takes you through those elements that i think it teaches you things in a really great way where you're just engrossed anyway and a lot of that i think it's because of and i don't like calling it female writing because it should just be writing it's just a character it doesn't matter what sex they are but you know these are what i think is interesting that i was noticing is that yeah cassandra's voice acted really well and i think she's an interesting strong female character but i don't know if she's that interesting and when i play shadow of the tomb raider I was really realizing just how great Lara is because of her pedigree, because she's been around for so long mm-hmm. and gone from just that original sexist pointy triangle boobed lady doing cartwheels all the way through to now. There's so much depth to her and she's fascinating yeah. in Shadow of the Tomb Raider, like really fascinating and complicated and conflicted and kind of terrible um, in places. And and maybe, you know, I'm sure Cassandra will have an interesting story, but it just feels very much like, I mean, I really do see it like, I'm trying to think of a good analogy of it with movies, but like a big budget, huge, not Michael Bay, but you know, like a huge Jerry Bruckheimer movie or something where it's like everything's done really well. You got obviously way like bigger budget and it's huge and there's a good solid character, but then there's a more indie version of that. It's like the, like Shadow of a Tomb Raider almost feels like the descent, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I completely agree with you. And you know, yeah, you're right. First of all, gender shouldn't matter as far as how we're going to tell a story. But in Odyssey, the issue with that is that gender in the game is interchangeable with what we've found out is the same narrative. So I feel like it's always going to be harder than in that case 
to have more depth to each of these characters that is maybe entwined with yeah with their genders or with their backgrounds that you can use in a in a more interesting way because they're the yeah they're interchangeable characters but lara's story yeah she is like uh, this is her best version i think going back to tomb raider yeah she's like there's just some like really dark and conflicted moments in there now not wanting to swear but did she swear did she she swear in the first two reboots don't no I don't think so. But again, I didn't play all of them. I watched Katie play them while I was tuning in and out. Because there's a, there's a bit where she loses it and it caught me by surprise and it was just fucking awesome. <laughs> it was Yeah, awesome. no, I definitely haven't got to that yet. I haven't got to that yet. But yeah, I don't know how, like, does she become sexualized later in the game at all? Like, no. by people? Because that's no. what I'm finding interesting so far is, like, Lara could be Nathan Drake. Like, it doesn't matter... Mm-hmm that she's a girl and i find you know and in some ways that's unrealistic because people around the world do judge people by what gender they are and treat you in different ways but it makes for a much more interesting much more interesting game and what i find interesting with odyssey is yeah us finding out that it's the same for either sex it felt very female driven (laughs) yeah like if to me so I'm intrigued about maybe just a word here or there was changed for the male version and that makes it different I don't know but I can't I, again, maybe it's just in my head as I play it, but I feel like an oppressive, you know, world around her a little bit. And, and then I guess then placing her as this potentially almost mythical character as well, lets you become mm-hmm. slightly, you know, she's almost like a Wonder Woman character, you know, in this world yeah. um, without the superpowers. But yeah, so I don't know, like for me, it's, it's, I was just been so impressed bouncing back and forth. It's been, it's been very crystal clear to me just how much better the writing is um in shadow of the tomb raider um and yeah even if it is doing yeah like you're saying having more of a tutorial there and stuff it's just very smart with how it integrates that in whereas assassin's creed it's fine but it just like it dumps you in and goes here you go off oh, start doing these quests start doing yep. these things we'll teach you a few stuff as you go along no you're not allowed to go over there yet um like yeah it's it's yeah, just kind of that whole element of that feels a little outdated, doesn't it? Like yeah. having an open world game and being like, nah, you can't go there yet. That's kind of what I mean. I feel like so many of these games, I keep waiting for us to get to the point where we've had the best ever version of PlayStation 2 games and then we can draw a line in the sand and move on. Yeah. Because like Uncharted 4 is like, that's the, you know, it's a narrative straight, like that's a PlayStation 2 game, mm-hmm. but done perfectly. Yeah. Um, or nine perfectly and with great fidelity. And I keep going, okay, cool. We've done that. If Uncharted comes back again, they need to do something different now. Yeah. And I feel that way with Assassin's Creed. It's like they did do something different. I think Origins and Odyssey are a good step in a great direction. But at the same time, there's still so many artifacts from from classic um, open world gamey games, even like Spider-Man 2. Again, and Spider-Man's the same, you know? It's like, okay, didn't we move on past this? Like Spider-Man feels just like Spider-Man 2. It just looks a lot better and plays better. That's all. But the creativity of what you're actually doing is the same. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that is what's going to be the question on everyone's lips when Red Dead comes out. I keep hanging a hat on that, man, but I fucking hope. I mean, because is, it, yeah, is that going to stick to the tried and tested model with like a few new elements and tweaks from what we've seen in the thing? Or is it going to really be that next step in what the open world game 
is. And they're in a difficult spot. So I was just going to say they're in a difficult spot because if it's been a long time since Red Dead 1 and mm. people see this as both a sequel to that and as a sequel to GTA 5, which is yeah. kind of unfair. And it's like if they innovate too much, then people are like, well, we just wanted another Red Dead. And if they do it just like Red Dead, they're like, well, you're not pushing the genre forward. So it's like they're really, I don't envy them. <laughs> and obviously all eyes are on them because it's Rockstar. So everyone expects a 10 out of 10 game. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm very, very excited. They fixed some stuff. I mean, this is the thing with GTA 5 was the first, GTA 4, they didn't. GTA 4 was like, was some great elements, but it was rotating a little. GTA 5, that simple one element of, oh, you're going to play three characters. Mm-hmm. and at any point you can jump to any of them that changed everything changed everything with how you tell a story changed everything with when you're bored in a game and you can just jump to a different part of the map like fast travel and they were still in the middle of their story because they kept living their lives when you I were around that. i loved that changed everything in the game and how you do that stuff and that and no one has done that <laughs> like yeah. it's just remarkable no one else has done that and i don't think red dead's gonna do that so it's like well what is it gonna do to push open world games forward and i appreciate all this stuff like what it's saying oh but now you can talk to everyone and you can have relationships and you can have mm-hmm. like build it's like well that all sounds great but we've literally been told that thousands of times with video yeah. games and it happens but in tiny little edges and incremental you know values so in some ways again like i know we've talked about it privately but i'm really worried about the gang elements because i just want to be on my own in some ways i kind of would prefer if they just went no we're gonna go so backwards that we kind of go forwards if you know what i mean just yeah. like we're gonna strip out our open world and do it in a completely different way yeah i don't know man i don't know i'm intrigued with the online for red dead that's where it's like maybe they're going to do something interesting with that but. yeah and i mean they're starting that this is in November, Christmas, I, think, I think, almost right away. Yeah, just before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like definitely before Christmas. Yeah, it was interesting reading the article that they released about that and and sort of talking about what they had learned through GTA Online and how that was a process and how it didn't really kick off until they started doing heists. But, but sort of mentioning like with the lessons learned from that, they're hoping that Red Dead Online is going to be a much sort of a quicker process to get to that point honest to god those heists in gta 5 when they launched those online in my top five like gaming moments ever like playing those with your friends and like getting together each night to do those heists is they're phenomenally fun so as soon as in that new red dead trailer they just breeze by and say you can do this you can do this you can do heists and they're like moved yeah. on it's like oh they better fucking be bringing in red dead heists to online because yeah i mean can you imagine so a bunch of us riding out to go and rob a train so much but what was so cool about the heist in because much like in the game was like yeah you you had to go and get different things first and what was mm-hmm. cooler about doing that online than in the game was because you like in the game it was cool and you play those three positions you know and you'd s- jump to someone in a helicopter to someone in the bank to someone in yeah. a sniper position but you're all doing those things in the online version and when you go to get stuff, you all go off in different directions to get stuff. And then you'd work together like two of you in a prison bus disguised as prison people while two of you are prison guards inside. And you'd be feeding each other information as things are happening. Like it's so fucking good, man. Yeah. I just really hope they can bring that to Red Dead. Really, really do. Well, let's have a little, I think, okay, so what are we saying then? If we can round out the other games we've been talking about. I'm saying Spider-Man is, is worth a play, but it's not progressive. It's not going to be a classic. I'm saying Forza Horizon 4 is maybe the best racing game of all time. <laughs> um, definitely one of them. 
Shadow of Tomb Raider is, yeah, again, I haven't completed it yet, but I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah. And I'm going to keep playing it. That is a shocker for me because I wasn't that enamored with the previous two. That's the question I want to ask you. After finishing it, do you prefer this to the first reboot? And or are you kidding yourself because you haven't been back to the first reboot in a while? No, I think this is the, the best in the, in the series. Yeah, I absolutely loved this game. I thought it just looked really great. I really loved the the puzzle. I the puzzles. It was just so well balanced and so well directed and it had such a nice clear narrative and enough like yeah, like I said, it was it had enough sort of open world elements and things to kind of discover and explore and to discover and explore by accident, which I really appreciated. But compact enough to kind of just invest a good chunk of time and then get through and, and be very, very satisfied. Yeah, the best in the series, hands down. All right, so we're highly recommending that one. And then Assassin's Creed Odyssey, we're going we're gonna to see. I think you're more positive than me, but just from you enjoy... What was interesting is I think we're agreeing on nearly everything. You're just saying, I don't mind. Basically, you're basically saying, I kind of agree with a lot of that stuff, but I still enjoyed Origins and I'm still going to enjoy this. Yeah, it definitely. Whereas I'm saying, I don't know if I can get past that stuff. Yeah, there's things that I think there's a thing I forgot to mention before was so far I felt like accessing new gear and some of the fighting mechanics. I feel like in Origins, they tried to make the fighting mechanics a bit more intuitive and not just sort of like attack counter, attack counter like the original ones, where it's a bit more predictable here i feel like they've slightly simplified it down a bit more again and accessing a few of the, like the perks and leveling up happen can happen pretty quickly just in that first bit compared to the last one but yeah i mean i'm loving it i'm going to definitely be invested in this a lot until um until the old comes out. Yeah. all right so let's look very quickly we're not doing our normal podcast stuff but we're going to look very quickly at what is coming out because there's still just even this month where we films we've got venom this weekend which is already getting whew, some stinky reviews um, oh boy <laughs> oh god it's gonna be really really bad oh um, god yeah i'm, I'm well, what did they do what did they do like this was their chance it really was um such a shame a star is born is coming out which is that one with lady gaga gaga yeah and uh What's his name? Bradley Cooper. Oh, I think he directed uh, that raccoon. film. Did he? Yeah. Next week, Bad Times at the El Royale is coming out. You can hear what I have to say about that on our podcast. So non-spoilers again. So go back to 99, listen to that. And a week after that, actually, Halloween and mid-90s are coming out. Um, and again, you can hear talking about that. With video games, however, there's still more stuff this <laughs> month, oh my, my friend. I'm just looking at games from now to the end of the year. There it's are crazy. some big releases. So the one we haven't talked about, because it's not quite out yet, um, and we didn't get advanced copies like we did with Odyssey and Forza, is Super Mario Party, which has been getting great reviews, and I'm really excited about. I am a yep. big Super Mario Party fan. Very happy they brought this back. Uh, I don't know about the online components for it, but I guarantee we can get our Switches together, my friend, and play some Super Mario Party. Oh, that comes out on the 5th. Yeah, Bethany and I are already... Uh talking about that that's definitely on our next uh switch list so yeah we'll definitely have to see if we can get an online uh thing going yeah for sure we got this month as well we've got call of duty black ops 4 which is kind of weird because there's no campaign so i don't know why it's called black ops 4 it's just all online stuff but it does have the PUBG killer 
um, in it, which is their version of Battle Royale, which looks incredible. Um, I'm not a Call of Duty fan, but I am excited to try a slicker PUBG, um, so that'll be interesting. Mm. There's a bunch of other stuff like Lego DC Supervillains, not that interesting. Starlink Battle for Atlas, this is pretty interesting. This is like a... Actually, does it, is this a, a Toys for Life? Is that what you call it? Where you have like Skylanders where you have toys and put them into the game. Um, I think you get them with oh, this. Right. But this, what, what this is essentially is a No Man's Sky, but made by, I think it's Ubisoft doing this, um, mm-hmm. and it has money. So I was watching a playthrough for half an hour last night of it, and it looks exactly like No Man's Sky, only sexier. It's like, it's like uh, people are joking about it as it's No Man's Sky, but with things to actually do, uh, which could <laughs> potentially, I mean, because No Man's Sky now has been updated and people seem to really love it now. Um, you've been playing a bit of it you were enjoying it more so maybe this game's too late or maybe having too much to do makes it too gamey and you don't get that nice isolation you feel in no man's sky i don't know but it's definitely one to keep an eye on yeah i stopped playing no man's sky <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's an easy game to re- appreciate but not to play yeah soul caliber 6 is coming out i'm excited for that very very beautiful fighting games and they haven't had one in a long time Sports Party is coming out on Switch. That's most of them this month. And then Red Dead Redemption, October 26th. Look at November. <laughs> yeah, there's still and plenty December coming. And even. Oh my in God. In November. We don't do our normal news, but I do feel we should do a slight tip of the hat to Telltale. Um, incredibly sad news this week with them yes. closing their doors. Yes. And hundreds of people losing their jobs with no severance pay. Only like hours to a few days to like clear out their desks and get out. It's been really heartbreaking to see that and really heartbreaking just to see how obvious it was that something like that might happen even though nothing like that's ever happened before in this scale it's kind of very dramatic but also they just kept buying and announcing so many series Mm -hmm. it's like they're just spreading yourselves so thin that no one really cared anymore it's very heartbreaking yeah it is really sad for me those telltale games you know that sort of I think that was kind of the beginning of like my reintroduction into gaming after not playing for a few years. And it was with the Walking Dead series. And it was something completely... I mean, I had been a big fan of point-and-click games as a kid. And for me, this was like a bigger and greater extension um, of that. And I really, really love those games. So it's yeah, very sad to see... Uh, to see that no, happen for sad. all those people to lose all their jobs. It sucks. And I more want to say for any of the people who are online right now, if you're listening to us and you are those people who are putting up stuff telling them, you know, that you've paid for your season pass for Walking Dead, the final season, and that, that it's not going to be completed now, and you want them to prioritize that, shut the fuck up. Uh, people <laughs> yeah. lost, lost, they can't go home and feed their families right now, you know. Um, yeah. it's, I, it's great that you're that passionate. It really is. I'm sorry if you lost money. That sucks. I know some people are getting refunds. But there are more important things and any money they have. I'm, Telltale have done a pretty terrible thing by acknowledging that and saying they're trying to like get some people together to finish like one episode at least. Any of that money should be going to the severance packages of these people. It's terrible that they're prioritizing uh, that game over Agreed. these people's lives. All right. Yeah. Well, November, fucking tons of stuff. We still got Overkill's The Walking Dead game, which could be interesting. Hitman 2, Fallout 76, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, Battlefield 5. Darksiders 3, Farming Simulator 19. <laughs> oh boy. And then December, we've got Just Cause 4, we've got Super Smash Bros. Uh, Ultimate. Fucking hell, man. Games just keep on coming. 
just keep on coming. It's funny, like these, this last kind of half of the year, I have been anticipating the releases of games way more than certain movies at the moment. Yeah, I hear. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a good pedigree right now. I've been with nothing to play for ages and now I've got a glut of things. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. happy about that. But yeah, speaking of movies, very quickly, going to do the top 10 box office since I do have it brought up of last weekend um, as its tradition. And number 10 is Peppermint. It's a Jennifer Garner movie. Oh, yeah. Number nine, White Boy Rick. Matthew number McConaughey. Eight, is a film that we might be covering very soon called The Predator. Um, oh, so spoilers, after Halloween... There we go. <laughs> uh, so after Halloween, it's meant to be me, Alex, and someone else doing The Predator series. We were hyped about this. Our problem is we scheduled it wrong. Uh, so I don't mind us covering it, you know, a month or two after the films come out, but our problem is how we get to watch it again because I saw it in cinemas. I don't know if you saw it in cinemas or not. I have not. Okay, our problem is how do we see it at the point we get to reviewing it? Will there be digital copies available by then? Because if there's not, we're going to have to cover something else in that bracket. So we're going to still figure that out. But we might be doing Predator next. We'll see. I'm excited if so. Yeah, me too. Number seven is Crazy Rich Asians. Number six, Oh, wow. Number six is Hellfest, which I nearly went to see last night. I'm kind of excited about that, even though it's not going to be very good. Uh, number five is The Nun. Number four is A Simple Favor. Number three is The House with a Clock in Its Walls. Jack Black, by the way, at at Fantastic Fest, could not remember his own songs to play. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty great. Number two is Smallfoot. Oh, that's that fucking CGI thing, isn't it? Uh, And the number one film of last weekend is Night School. Oh, right. You know what film I actually do want to see at this very moment? What? The old man and the gun. Oh man, I'm so hyped for that. That's like so. I, I love a ghost story. It's my favorite film of last year. I love Robert Redford. I'm very excited. Yeah, it. Uh, That's starting this weekend, is it? Is it? Yeah, it's, it's not uh, in the releases. It, uh, it's, it opened tonight, I guess. It's got Fuck. a lot of times up here. Fuck. Yeah. So that is definitely on the list. Yeah. And Robert Redford's last film. I know. I mean, not because he's dead or anything, but just retired. Retired. <laughs> Should stay. Yeah. I mean, as far as we know, we don't know. Yeah. Man, I'm going to feel really shitty now. <laughs> he has died while we're recording. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. That's plenty, isn't it? We've talked enough. We have. We have. Don't play. Video games have been played. We'll keep playing them. We'll keep boring you guys by talking about it. If you're listening to this, thank you so much for joining us. We know we're in and out sporadically. You probably found us now from the horror show. So, uh, hey, go back. Listen to those 99 other episodes of topical news that are not mm-hmm. relevant to your lives at all now. Sprinkle through them. There are some things that I think last forever, such as humor, tears, and revelations. Yeah, and I also recommend going and listening to one particular episode of the Star Wars retrospective we did, and that's the solo movie retrospective listen to that it's important it is important and solo is available right now digital blu-ray and dvd go listen to our review uh make your own mind up about things don't believe those russian trolls we're trying to ruin (laughs) the last jedi for everyone Yeah, we, uh, yeah. head over to We Are Geeks again. Please do please do rate and subscribe to us. It, it helps us out immeasurably if you take those 30 seconds right now. 
to go on iTunes, type in Weird Geeks and just hit that little button to uh, subscribe and rate. And you can also send us emails through weirdgeeks.com or just at mail at weirdgeeks.com. While you're on that site, you can hear Weird Tessellate. We're redoing our website right now, so it's going to show a big old nothing. But Weird Tessellate are a publisher. They're a production company right out of London, LA, and Tokyo, not Winnipeg. <laughs> and the, <laughs> we just make up a feature film called Starfish. Uh, which yeah, just played at Fantastic Fest. It just played at Rain Dance in UK. If you're on East Coast America, it's going to be playing at Brooklyn Horror Film Festival. I'm going to be there. Come say hello. If you're in uh, East Coast America, it's also going to be playing in Ithaca. Um, and it's also going to be playing somewhere else that I'm not allowed to say yet. I just realized because uh, it's not been announced. But anyway, <laughs> we'll tell you more. All right. Ooh. I'm on all the social medias as Mr. Al White, M-R-A-L-W-H-I-T and on the xbox because if you want to play some video games and there's plenty of them coming you can do that with me right there or i'll ignore you if i don't want to do it because you'll be creepy it's that simple fair deal fair deal he ignores me all the time doing it right now alex (laughs) you can find me on twitter and instagram at alexander chard a-l-e-x-a-n-d-e-r-c-h-a-r-d shoot me a tweet let me know what you think of uh origins or odyssey i mean odyssey not origins who cares that came out ages ago (laughs) old games old (laughs) and if you're as excited about red dead as me uh do what i do to al and send like screenshots of your favorite bits from the trailer because there's a lot just send us you know what Uh, well send us your best upskirts from odyssey that's what we really (laughs) want do that on a public forum as many as you can because here's the thing here's the thing i see the numbers some weeks we have some good people listening to us we really appreciate it Mm. we we genuinely do we do this for free no banner ads i hope you appreciate no promotions none of that bullshit but no one really interacts with us (laughs) exactly listening to this we get very few emails very few online interactions so just send us those upskirts on, on 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 odyssey we don't care and the Who good thing is. about Odyssey with the upskirts is it could be any gender. They're all oh, yeah. skirts. Literally, yeah, no, it's not female. No, 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 no. There's yeah. arguably more men in that game than there are females. So, I mean, the percentage chances we're just going to get a lot of dudes nappies, which I'm excited about. Yeah, yeah, and, and agree with you on the uh, interactions. I get, you know, <laughs> sporadic follows, which I assume come through the podcast, but no one ever says anything to me. One says hello. You just want to stop. Come speak up. We're friendly. We're friendly. Yeah. yeah, we're friendly. All right, guys. I'll be back in a few days' time. You'll hear Alex again at some point in the future when we've got more video games to talk about, or maybe in Predator in a few weeks' time. Wow. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Very exactly. Excited. Until then, we're excited for that Alien vs. Predator Part 2 Requiem. My favorite. My we're favorite. Out. I'll just say it right now. It's my favorite. <laughs> Geeks. <laughs> Geeks.